Good morning, church. So today's reading is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 18. And you can find that on page 1,224 in the church Bibles. That's 1,224, starting verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lewis. So it's, it's my uh, privilege. I get the opportunity to come and speak about that passage. And it's really lovely to welcome our guests here today. And I hope that you're going to be able to find something in what I say that's relevant to you and pick up something that will be helpful for you as we all go forward as we come out of this COVID pandemic, we've spent uh, the last couple of months here thinking about hope and how we need hope in order to move forward. And what we're thinking about today is that we need hope for justice because it still seems like the world is a pretty cruel place where mean things happen to good people. We need to hope for justice because that hope keeps us going, keeps us working for that justice. So we're going to look at justice in the past and justice in the present and justice in the future. We all have ideas about what justice looks like, don't we? And there's different levels of justice that we might think about. If we could have the next slide, Nigel. Some people might say we need justice for the polar bears. Uh, we need climate justice so that they don't all end up floating when the ice all melts from underneath them. 
But today we're going to be thinking more about the people who need justice, people who need justice, and about the hope for justice that flows from Jesus. But let's think a bit in a bit more detail. Oh no, take that off, take that off. Oh no, you've given it away, Nigel. Take it off. Sorry. So just turn to the person next to you and think about who do you think needs justice in the world today? Who do you think? Who do you think, out of all the people that could have justice, who do you think needs justice in the world today? That wasn't Nigel's fault, that was my fault, because I should have had it on, um, on control down here. Who do you think needs justice in the world today? Does anybody want to shout out who they think needs justice in the world today? Who does? Polar bears, yeah. We're not going to forget the polar bears, Stu. We're not going to forget them. The polar bears do need justice. Who else needs justice? Anybody else? People who are trapped in their lives, Absolutely. Absolutely. People get trapped in bad places. There's lots of people. So I put up my thoughts of who might need justice. And there's people who might be weaker than those around them. The elderly, women and children. There's people who haven't got stuff to protect them. The poor, the hungry, the strangers, uh, the refugees and the homeless. And then there are people whose health means that they're vulnerable those who are sick and disabled, those who are traumatized by abuse, those who are, uh, have a disability that's physical or mental. They all need protection and justice, don't they? And those in the LGBTQI plus community, they need justice because they've been treated badly down through years and they need justice. And ethnic minorities, we know, need justice in our world. And amazingly, in this world that we live in, there are still slaves, people sold by people traffickers into lives of slavery that need freedom and justice. And as Paul said, the people who need justice because they're trapped in bad places by addictions or things that are hurting them. We know that people are imprisoned in all these different places by all these different circumstances. If we clear that off, Nigel, thank you. And people cry out for justice because they know that life could be different. We all know, we all have an innate sense of what's fair inside us, don't we? Right from when we're little, we hate it if people cheat and gain an advantage by, by cheating in a game. There was a big uh, tennis match yesterday and one of the tennis players used a few tricks to unsettle his opponent and there was uh, a bit of tension over that at the end of it. We all know that people should follow the rules and it's not fair when people break the rules, especially if they're breaking them because they're rich and powerful. And we all know what good leaders look like, the leaders who do follow the rules. And we respect them, don't we? And we know that there are other leaders who perhaps don't follow the rules and perhaps we don't give them quite as much respect because of that. If we can clear that one, Nigel. One of the things that we sometimes miss is that a lot of these values, a lot of these ideas about justice come from our Christian faith. And we take our faith 
for granted. But it's why baptism is still important. We want the children who've been, come, who've been brought this morning to baptism to follow a good path of life. And as we, said, as we said at the beginning, we want them to follow a way of life that is made up of the values that the Christian faith holds at its center of love and mercy and truth and justice and honesty and hope. We want our children to have those things embedded in them, don't we? We know that these things are important. We expect black lives to matter. We want everyone to be treated equally. We want people to have access to courts of law where they will get justice. And we expect our leaders to have integrity and honesty. And all of these things are there because the Christian faith laid those foundations in our society that said that leaders should be servants. Just like Jesus was a servant leader. He was a servant king. We expect our, serve, our leaders to be servants, to serve us in a way, not to just accumulate wealth and power for themselves, but to use that power to serve us. That comes from the way that Jesus taught us to be. So if we look at justice in the past, we can see that the ancient world was a brutal place to live. It wasn't easy to be poor. You would be sold into slavery. Your children could be taken away from you. All of your possessions could be taken away from you. But Jesus came and he showed people a different way to live. Jesus touched the person with leprosy. Jesus was with the woman who washed his feet, who was a prostitute. He came down to dwell amongst us. And Jesus showed us a different way of doing life. Right from his birth in a stable to his death upon the cross, he spoke out against the structures of the world that didn't give justice to the ordinary people. Jesus was challenging them. He came to take on the cause of the oppressed. He came to fulfill what the prophets of the Old Testament had said. Because Isaiah, one of those prophets said, is not this what I want you to do? Is not this the kind of fasting that I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke. You see, right from back in the Old Testament times, way before Jesus, there was this idea that this was how we could live. And Jesus came and made it real. Isaiah went on and said, you should share your food with the hungry, provide for the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked, clothe them. Do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. And then, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will appear quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. A new kingdom could come, a new kingdom might appear and it did in and around Jesus. And it's still happening today in and around Jesus' church. So let's just get a bit more specific. We take this book, the Bible, seriously. There's lots of ways you can get influenced in the world today, isn't there, through media. And there are people called influencers now. That's like a proper job, to be an influencer. And you get paid to do it. I don't understand that stuff, I'm afraid I'm way too old to, 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 to understand it really. But we believe that this should be our influencer. 
This is where we go to see how to live our lives. So this book says in Proverbs 22.2, the rich and poor have this in common, the Lord is the maker of them all. It says we are all made in the image of God. So justice means equal treatment for everybody because everybody is made in the image of God. Whether you're poor or hungry, whether you're old or young, whether you're a refugee, whether you're sick or whatever it is, you're made in the image of God. So justice means treating everybody equally. And then justice means providing for all. Jesus said, so when you give to the needy, he didn't say if you give to the needy, or sometimes remember when you're having a good day to give to the needy. Jesus said, when you give to the needy. He said, you need to look out for the poor and the needy. That's what justice looks like, providing for the hungry, providing for the poor. And justice is about standing up for all. Proverbs 31 verse 9 says, defend the rights of the poor and needy. We should speak out for those who are being oppressed, for those who are being taken advantage of. Our archbishop stood up against the payday lenders. Do you remember watching those adverts that used to come up on uh, the the channels on television that said, you can get a loan for this. And at the bottom, in tiny print, there'd be annual interest rate was 2,350%. And some of them were 4,000%. And it was just crazy, but people would see this as a way of getting money, and then they'd end up defaulting and paying these incredible interest rates. And our archbishop stood up against those, and those payday lenders went out of business, a lot of them, because we stood up for those who weren't so aware of what the small print meant and they were getting taken advantage of. That's what we need to do. Stand up for all. And then we need to see that this justice is a shared responsibility for all. Jesus, at one point, made a picnic lunch for 5,000 people. He provided all the food for them. But he said, you give them something to eat. And once he'd provided that, he sent his people out to take this sustenance, to take this food to those who are hungry. We're all involved in this provision of justice. It's our shared responsibility. We can't leave it to other people. We need to see that we make it happen. And this was what happened in the early church. This was how they were known. They were known for the people who sought justice. And at the time, they were laughed at. In the Roman world, the values were different to the Christian values. In the Roman world, their values were strength and courage and valor. Think a rugby league uh, team playing rugby league together. They're all about strength and courage and valor. That were what the Romans base their society on. So when the Christians said we need to look after the poor and the needy, the Romans laughed at them. But it was the Christians who stopped the gladiatorial games where people were cut down and killed for people's amusement. It was the Christians who rescued unwanted children from Roman rubbish heaps because they said everybody matters to God. It was the Christians who looked after the sick When a plague hit a city and the rich and the famous fled to the hills, it was the Christians who stayed behind. And that was why the Christian faith grew, because it was all about justice. 
education for all, healthcare for all, safety for all, opportunity for all. These foundations of justice came from the way that people lived who followed Jesus. And there's a more recent uh, example I just want to share with you that uh, a lovely man who was there told us about at a big conference. And there was a time of apartheid in South Africa when the black people were completely oppressed by the white minority. And towards the end, they were holding uh, rallies and demonstrations against apartheid. And the white government had cancelled a protest that was going to be held in Cape Town. And so Archbishop Desmond Tutu said, well, if we can't have a protest, we can have a worship service. They can't ban that. So all the people that turned up for the protest... They were surrounded by all the armed guards, the military, the police. They had attack dogs and razor wire. They all came into the cathedral where they thought it would be safe. But the people who were in the secret police came into the cathedral as well. And instead of sitting in the pews, they stood at the sides of the cathedral and they wrote down all the words that Desmond Tutu was saying. And it was really tense. And it came to the time when Desmond Tutu was going to stand up and speak. And he started by saying, addressing the people who were stood taking down his notes. He started by saying, You think that you are strong because you have banned our protest and we've gathered inside instead of outside. You think you are strong, but God will not be mocked and you will be on the losing side. And then he came out from behind the lectern and he smiled at them all. And he had this amazing big smile. And he chuckled a bit and he said, so we invite you onto the winning side. Come and join us. You're already here. Come and join us. And all of the people got up from the pews and they started dancing and singing. And the police who were suddenly in this weird situation that they hadn't seen coming at all, they all scurried out of the cathedral and they left. Desmond Tutu was perhaps one of the only people in that whole city who had hope that apartheid would end. I remember praying for apartheid for years and years and years. Each year, each, uh, each week in our prayers, we'd remember the struggle for apartheid. But apartheid came because people had hope for justice. Desmond Tutu had hope for justice. And he knew that he was going to be on the winning side. So what's happening today. Well, the church is still trying to stand up for justice, and we still get told off. Justin Welby, our Archbishop, got told off by MPs and newspapers for speaking out about sending the refugees to Rwanda, because that didn't seem a very just way to treat people who were seeking refuge in our nation. We're still standing up for people who are vulnerable, for people who are weak, and during the COVID pandemic, it was really wonderful for us to see the church standing up and carrying on its work while other people sort of stepped back. So during the pandemic here, we continued feeding the vulnerable and the homeless, a thing that we do called Friday Fridge, all through the pandemic. And there wasn't any other place for those people to go because all of their other venues had been closed down. But the church carried on doing it. The church carried on feeding people through food banks 
the food banks in this country are largely run from churches. There's very few that aren't run from churches. And the food banks, as we've seen, are going to go on being important to feed the hungry in our nation, in our day. And it was the church who looked after the elderly and the isolated and took them shopping and prescriptions. The city council tried to set up a system of volunteers and they largely couldn't manage to do it. But we carried on doing it because we had a great pastoral care team here who were looking out for the people who were elderly and isolated. We continue to stand up for the vulnerable and the weak. So what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen? Why do we keep on working for justice in a crooked world? Because we believe that there will be a time when God will put things right. There will be a time, as it says again back in Isaiah, when never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out their years. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. That's all that we want, isn't it? Just to live a peaceful, happy life with those around us whom we love. That's all anybody really needs and, uh, and longs for. And right at the end of the Bible, there's these words in the book of Revelation that God will come and make this new heaven and this new earth. And God will be with them and will be their God. He will make, wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will have passed away. This is what we look forward to. This is what we hope for. We're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. And that's what was in that Bible reading, that hope that in keeping with his promise... God will make a new heaven and a new earth and there will be a home for righteousness. This matters because it makes sense of the evil that we see in the world around us. This matters that there will be a future justice when people are held to account for what they do in the world. Because that's the only way that justice really makes sense. If people who do really bad things have to come before someone and explain why they did those things. And we've seen that in our day, haven't we? Then we want justice for the people of the Ukraine. Then we want the people who've caused such death and devastation to be held to account. And it may not happen here on this earth, but there will be a time when President Putin has to stand before God. That's what we believe. And make an explanation for all that he's done in his life. There will be a time that we hope when justice will come. We hope for justice to be done. There will be a time and we go on hoping for that justice. We continue to feed the poor and clothe the naked. We continue to welcome the refugee and to seek to set the slaves free. And we take this book and we take what it says seriously and we use these words to guide our lives and make sense of the world around us. We work so that there are rights for all, so that there's provision for all, so that there's protection for all. And we see that that's a responsibility that we all have a part to play in making happen. We do this because this is what Jesus did and this is what he wants his followers to do. 
It's what the church has always done. It's what the church is doing now as we look forward to a future hope. So let's join in with making justice real in our world today. Amen. If you did want to read more about, um, about this, um, I've just come across this really good book called uh, The Air We Breathe. We take these Christian values for granted and it's like the air we breathe. We take that for granted too. It's written by a chap called Glenn Scrivener and its subtitle is How We All Came to Believe in Freedom, Kindness, Progress and Equality. So if you're looking for a book to take on holiday, The Air We Breathe by Glenn Scrivener. Thank you.